No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Naaman, the general of the Syrian army who was also a leper. It's a beautiful story that pictures the cleansing we receive through faith in Christ. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl teaches from 2 Kings chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. Today we look at a story that I consider an Old Testament gem. It points to the cleansing we all need and only find in Jesus Christ. We continue in 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. Naaman was the general of the army of Syria. The capital city was Damascus. Naaman held a very important position and, as a mighty man of valor, was highly valued by the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad II. But Naaman was a leper. His skin was scaly white. As the disease progressed, he lost feeling, beginning with the extremities and gradually moving inward. Eventually, he would lose his fingers and toes. Leprosy was incurable. It was considered a long, slow death. Under the Mosaic law, the leper was considered unclean and had to shout, unclean, unclean, 50 paces away. He could not worship in the temple and was isolated from people. Leprosy is considered to be a type or picture of sin. You see, leprosy, like sin, starts gradually and eventually infects and corrupts the entire body. It makes a person unclean. It eventually leads to death. It isolates a person from others. It is an incurable disease. It requires miraculous cleansing by God. Verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus says the girl who is from the land of Israel. The Syrians were enemies of Israel. In one of their raids, Naaman had brought home a young girl from Israel. Perhaps her parents were killed in warfare. She became a servant for Naaman's wife. She told her mistress about Elisha, who could heal Naaman of his leprosy. So Naaman reported this to the king. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Ben-Hadad was willing to do anything to help his general. He wrote a letter to King Jehoram of Israel, also known as Joram, to heal Naaman, but he didn't mention anything about the prophet Elisha. Naaman carried the letter along with 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. 
he was prepared to pay a great sum if only he could be cured. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive? That this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. King Jehoram lacked faith and courage. He thought that the king of Syria expected him to heal Naaman. He knew that leprosy was incurable and was in fact a death sentence. Only God could exercise such power over life and death. Jehoram thought Ben-Hadad was just picking a fight. So it was, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. We don't know how Elisha heard about this so quickly. We do know that Elisha had a gift of knowledge and that God directly revealed things to him. It could be that as soon as Jehoram tore his clothes, Elisha dispatched the messenger saying, why have you torn your clothes? Elisha was genuinely concerned for the welfare of Naaman. We are told in scripture not only to look after our own interests, but also the interests of others. This is the heart of our heavenly father who is merciful and gracious toward everyone. Elisha didn't want a sincere seeker to go away disappointed. He saw this as an opportunity to prove to Naaman and indeed to all Syria that the Lord is alive and that he works miracles. Elisha's faith stood in stark contrast to King Jehoram's unbelief. I love to pray for people who need healing. I especially like to pray for people who don't know the Lord. I figure it's an opportunity for God to reveal his mercy and grace and prove to them that he is alive and omnipotent. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha was Naaman's only hope. Naaman knew that his word was the power of life or death over him. He was prepared to reward Elisha greatly for his efforts. No doubt Naaman waited at Elisha's door with great expectation to meet this renowned prophet. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Seven is the number of completion. By dipping seven times, Naaman would be completely clean and his flesh perfectly restored. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Because Naaman's expectations were not met, he was furious. Often people presume to know how God should do things. If God doesn't meet their expectations, then they become angry and resentful. But who are they to determine how God should work? Does God give an account to them? God is not obligated to meet our expectations, but God will always keep his promises. When it comes to our cleansing and salvation, it's not for us to determine how God will forgive and save us. 
we don't make the rules. God says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. It is enough for us to simply receive his gospel that cleanses, heals, and saves us. Naaman's unmet expectations gave way to ethnic pride. The Jordan River is muddy. He thought the rivers of Damascus were much cleaner and better than all the rivers of Israel. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? Naaman's servants had to talk their master off the ceiling. They could see that his anger was getting the best of him and he would miss the opportunity of his life. So they mustered their courage to confront him respectfully. They knew that Naaman was accustomed to doing great exploits. But there was no opportunity here for his self-righteousness. Therefore, he stumbled over doing such a little thing. Likewise, many people stumble over the simplicity of the gospel. They think that simply believing in Jesus Christ is too easy. Surely, they must do some penitence or some noble feat to be worthy of salvation. But they miss the point. God has put salvation within the reach of everyone who simply believes. He has completely removed our works from the equation so that we cannot glory in our own self-righteousness. Then he freely gives us salvation as a gift of his grace. So Naaman went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. By obeying the word of the prophet, Naaman exercised personal faith. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Naaman overcame his unmet expectations, his ethnic pride and self-righteousness to believe in the word of God and obey it. The result was that the white, scaly, leprous flesh was gone. In its place was pink and healthy flesh, like the flesh of a little child. Naaman was clean. What a beautiful picture this is of the cleansing, healing, and new life we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, we were all spiritual lepers. We were infected by the disease of sin. It corrupted our flesh. It isolated us from others. And little by little, it was destroying us. It was a death sentence. But when by faith we obeyed the gospel, then our sins were washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ and we have been made a new creation in Christ. We're like a little child again. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Naaman returned to give thanks and to declare his faith in Yahweh. He also wanted to give some gifts. It's natural for the one whom God has touched to want to give something back to him. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And Naaman urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman was a wealthy man and would have gladly spared no expense blessing Elisha. But Elisha said, No. If Elisha had received something from Naaman, then Naaman would have thought that he purchased his healing. Instead, Naaman discovered that God's blessings come only by grace. So Naaman said, 
Then if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offering or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the temple of Rimmon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, when I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. By this, Naaman gave evidence that he was now a true believer. He converted from being a polytheistic idol worshiper to being a monotheistic worshiper of the Lord. And I believe we will see Naaman in heaven. Naaman was a man of integrity. His heart was devoted to the Lord, but he was also submitted to his master who worshiped in the temple of Rimmon. And so he looked for a reprieve, knowing that he needed to be faithful to his master. And Elisha said to him, go in peace. So he departed from him a short distance. Elisha granted Naaman the pardon and peace that Naaman sought. And likewise, the gospel to us is grace and peace and pardon. Because we are saved by grace through faith, we have peace with God. What is your condition today? Do you feel unclean, separated from God, a spiritual leper? We followers of Jesus were all once right there. We were spiritual lepers, but we heard the good news and believed, and Christ cleansed us with his blood. He healed us, and he made us new creations in him. He will do the same for you if you ask and believe. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcasts. Tomorrow, we will see where Elijah's servant Gehazi secretly asks for gifts for himself from Naaman, but it costs him greatly. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.